This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to Utopia Football Podcast. It is a... Post-Super Bowl edition of the pod. Super Bowl just finished up last night. We record this on Monday. Appreciate you tuning in. we got a lot of stuff to get to with both the Super Bowl and the Texans coaching staff assembly, as well as some things going on around the league with the coaching carousel and uh, some of the prominent players where they might end up. So a lot of stuff to get to here on the pod. Uh, and um, appreciate you joining us. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610, alongside... My good friend, the Hall of Famer, the General. He is our senior Texans columnist, SportsRadio610.com and GallerySports.com. John McClain. And um, John, what do you uh, what do you give us a grade to that Super Bowl last night? If defense was your cup of tea, then it wouldn't have been a high grade. But everybody likes to see points. They like to see close games. They like to see comebacks. Great quarterbacking. I would have given it an A plus. Even with the way it ended, huh? Even with the holding penalty that deprived us of a chance for Jalen Hurts to go down and have a Super Bowl moment that we had to watch the last three minutes basically just turn into a kneel fest down the stretch, that that doesn't affect your grade at all? It did. I didn't like the call. Didn't think you should call it in that situation. But Bradbury admitted he, hold, he was holding. We all saw him grab him. But, man, in that situation, I just – you let him play the whole game. He didn't call interference. I just thought uh, that that shouldn't have been called. And you know what? The Eagles didn't want to be in that situation. Don't blow a 10-point halftime lead. It's only the second time in history a team has blown a double-digit lead at the half. The other one being right here at NRG Stadium when the Falcons choked against the Patriots. Yeah, I, I'm not uh, – just to be clear, like, and I bet on the Eagles. You and I both picked the Eagles – um, so I, you know, there, there is that, but my feeling on the ticky tackness of that call and how it affected my grade for the game, I would give it more like a B plus a minus because of the ending. I, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't have enough on that game to where I'm emotionally moved one way or another about winning or losing the bet. I like sitting down and feel like I just watched something that we're going to be talking about for a long, long time. And I felt like we were deprived of that opportunity. You know, that's when, if I don't have a a team, a dog in the fight. Like if the Texans were playing and that's how they won, it'd be an A plus for me because I love the Texans. But I I watch it like I'd watch an episodic episode of, you know, like I watched an episodic drama and I wanted to play out and have a great ending to it. And the ending is huge for me. And that ending was just bleh. It was it was it was kind of a boring ending because of that penalty that gave the Chiefs 
essentially handed the Chiefs the game at the end. You know, they were allowed to keep the ball and play keep away from uh, from the Eagles for the last minute 54 of that of that football game. The biggest disappointment in that game was the Eagles defense. No sacks after having 78 coming in, second best pass rush in history to the Bears, and no sacks and giving up all those points and um and letting them score on every drive in the second half and allowing the Chiefs to outrush them. I just thought Philadelphia's defense was a huge disappointment. And the reason I gave it such a high grade was quarterback play yeah. was both was great on both sides. Patrick Mahomes now in his first uh at this point of his career has only one few Super Bowl win to Tom Brady. And uh the first one to be the MVP and win the Super Bowl since Kurt Warner in 1999, I thought his performance, especially with the, considering he had the bad ankle, was just magnificent. I thought Jalen Hurts was extraordinary. Yeah, other than that one play. I mean, that fumble. They, I mean, they, you know, if we go back and do an autopsy on the game, that fumble six that Jalen had, I mean, they were, John, they were humming at that point. They were up 14-7 with the ball, and it was really a sequence of plays. You know, it was third and inches. And the right guard moves, and now all of a sudden it's third and five, third and six. So they got to call a different play, which led to the fumble. Like that was a that was a treacherous sequence right there for the for the for the Eagles. You know, if they if that guy, if that right guard doesn't move, they're probably first and ten at midfield and they're moving the football. Instead, it's 14-14, you know, 20 seconds later. That was uh that was bad. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. John, you want to break this thing down, stock up, stock down style, this Super Bowl? Are you, uh, sure. you got it in you? All right, let's sure. do that. So let's do four stock up and four stock down for Super Bowl 57. 38-35, Chiefs was the final score on a late field goal by Harrison Butker. John, as always, the honors are yours. Stock up. Who's your first stock up? Well, it's got to be Patrick Mobs, of course. One incompletion in the second half on a throwaway. 133 rating. He had three touchdowns, no interceptions. They scored on every possession in the second half, and he was voted Super Bowl MVP for the second time. Yeah, he was really good. John, I saw a stat um on Mahomes. You probably saw this, but he in he has now won the MVP, Super Bowl MVP, passing yardage title, most touchdown passes. Only three other quarterbacks have hit that across their entire careers. Brady, Manning, and Warner all did it at one point or another during their career. Mahomes did all four of those things. This year, <laughs> he did all four of the the other three of those guys pieced it together. You know what I mean? Like they didn't ever do it in the same year. I mean, John, he's our only hope. If you hate Tom Brady, I'm not saying you, John, but you, the listener, if you hate Tom Brady and you are hoping somebody comes in and knocks Tom Brady off the goat pedestal, Mahomes is our only hope right now, John. He will be, but boy, he's got a long way to go. He's not even half. He's just halfway to Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw, but. The lead on my column on Sports Radio 610 
for that'll be posted today is he is the standard bearer, yeah. but he's got a long way to go to be number two when it comes to Super Bowl wins. And I think quarterbacks are measured, the greatest of the great are measured by rings, and he's got a long way to go before he's the GOAT. He does. He does. But boy, he's uh, he's off to a great start. No doubt about that. John, my first stock up, I'll just why not just go with the coach? You went with the quarterback. I'll go with the coach. Um, Andy Reid gets his second Super Bowl. It's fun to think that he got his second one against the team whose fan base thought he would never win a single one who were mad at him for being one in four in NFC title games. And now here he is. And as the head coach of the Chiefs, he's two and one in Super Bowls. And um I just thought, man, great adjustments at halftime. I thought the Chiefs were kind of fortunate that it was the Super Bowl and it was a long halftime. It allowed their defense to get their legs under them a little bit. I'm guessing their defense was probably gassed going into the locker room at halftime and maybe a shorter halftime lends itself to to, to uh, fatigue. Um, but the fact that the halftime was, you know, triple the amount of time it normally is because of Rihanna uh, and the halftime show – Probably helped, but I thought Andy Reid was uh, was great in the second half. He he gave a lot of credit to Eric Bieniemy. I you know in, in his post game speech, um, but uh, Andy Reid's tremendous, and the fact that there were no sacks and only two pressures by the Eagles, I think had so much to do with the game plan. You know, with his ability to use the screen game and getting it out of Mahomes' hands quickly, and the, some of those plays he draws up down at the goal line where it's the same play, just run on the other side of the field. And on both times, one to Tony and one to uh, Sky Moore, um, were those were phenomenal. I mean, those were, that was embarrassing to the Eagles, those plays down at the goal line for those touchdowns. Andy Reid is the best designer of plays I've ever seen. He listens to the players. If they have ideas, he may not adopt them, but he listens to them. And from the ring around Rosie, Huddle, which I love, didn't do any good, but I just like watching it because it's so innovative. And they're just a fun team to watch. And Andy's 65. I don't know why people were talking about him retiring. He told me about three years ago, we were at the combine waiting for him to do an interview. He said, how much longer are you going to do this? I said, they're going to have to carry me out. And he said, I asked him, how much longer are you going to do it? He said, I don't know if I'll ever stop. I love doing it so much. Yeah. And of course he said afterward he was gonna keep doing it. What's he gonna do if he retired? He doesn't play yeah. golf. Is he gonna just eat cheeseburgers? I don't think so. Coaches today, Belichick, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's oldest coach in the NFL. They're in their seventies. I could see Andy Reid doing that. And then as long as he's got Patrick Mahomes, he's gonna end up passing Belichick as the greatest coach in history. Great winningest coach in history. All right, John, what's your other stock up? Chiefs offensive line did a tremendous job. As you just mentioned, only two pressures, no sacks, and uh, they did it across the board. They were tremendous and deserve a huge tip of the cap because of what they were able to do to keep Patrick Mahomes clean on every snap. Yeah, and they did a nice job in the run game, too. I thought Pacheco had some nice runs, and – uh, McKinnon had some nice plays in there too. Um, I yeah, they that was where I thought the Eagles would have a big advantage, and the Chiefs did a really nice job. My last stock up, John, the combination, it's a tie, it's a combo of Chris Stapleton doing the national anthem and Rihanna at halftime. I thought they I thought, I thought Stapleton was excellent on the national anthem. 
And Rihanna, considering that there was really, uh, she was up there with a second person inside of her tummy. Um, I thought she was, uh, I thought she was pretty entertaining. It was nice to hear her. She hasn't performed in a long, long time, but I thought they both did great. I love the staging for Rihanna's show with all the different, you know, the looked like hovering platforms and stuff. Are you a halftime show guy, John? You strike me as a yes on that. Yeah. The best thing about being at a Super Bowl live is watching them set it up and take it down. Yeah. It's amazing how many people are working on it and how fast they have to move. And uh, so, yeah, she had just had a baby and this was her reveal that she's having another one. Mm -hmm. People were calling her publicist and, I don't know why you had to ask the publicist. It's pretty obvious she's pregnant. And she <laughs> said, yes, confirming Rihanna is going to have another baby. And I thought Chris Stapleton did a, a really good job. You know, if I had to pick another one, it would be Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Not used by the Giants. They gave him away for a song and a prayer to the Chiefs. And he had that great punt return. He scored a touchdown. You think about where he was, a monstrous disappointment, who the Giants gave up on to be in a key part of a Super Bowl victory. Well, it just goes to show you, John, these these teams are like – it felt like the Texans had been that way the last couple of years where, they, you know, some of these teams that feel like everybody's got to fit in perfectly in the locker room. Um, it's part of being a good team and having good leadership is the leadership allows you to take on some borderline personalities like Tony might have been in New York, you know, because maybe he starts to – take on some of the traits of the leaders in your locker room, or he realizes, man, in a winning locker room, I don't want to be the guy who's spoiling this thing. And they got him for like a third and a fifth round pick. The guy was the 20th overall pick two years ago. Um, and he, I think the three biggest plays in that game were the fumble recovery for the touchdown by Bolton, which you and I talked about. Um, the holding penalty, obviously towards the end of the game was monstrous, but I think Kadarius Tony's punt return. Uh, that set up the short touchdown that put them up 35-27. I would have gone for two there to make it a two-score game if I were Andy Reid, but um, never, but nevertheless, uh, I thought the Tony punt return was among the top three most important plays in that game. Absolutely, and I, I was, I love the way Andy Reid can take these guys. Like he traded for Frank Clark. Frank, Frank Clark got kicked out of Michigan State for beating up his girlfriend in front of a bunch of people at a hotel. And when the Seahawks drafted him in the second round, they just got eviscerated. But once he started playing, they didn't talk about it anymore. And Andy Reid traded for him. He's been a key part of two Super Bowl teams. And I'm not advocating to uh, for the Texans or anybody yeah. to take to to get people that beat up women, but. To me, there's one thing other than murder that you should not be able to come back from, and it would be that. But Andy Reid takes all kinds of personalities, work ethics, and he makes it all work, and it all starts with Patrick Mahomes. It does. All right, let's do some stock down, John. Who do you got for stock down? Eagles pass rush. It was awful. And no sacks, two pressures. They they didn't do a good job stopping the run up front either. And uh, that defense let Patrick Mahomes – Mahomes make a huge run there at the end on the winning field goal drive. I just thought Jonathan Cannon's defense was a big disappointment. You think he gets the Arizona job, John? That's what they're saying. That yeah. Shane Steichen's going to the Colts and Jonathan Cannon is going to the Cardinals. There'd be no reason for them not to have hired a coach if they weren't waiting on these guys. Yep, yep. 
All right, Gannon's a good one. Um, John, I'm going to say stock down on whoever, um, whatever company grew this sod that they played the game on yesterday. Like that was, that surface was brutal. I like even, John, even plays like after touchdowns, like you watch Travis Kelsey scores that touchdown and he crosses the goal line and immediately his feet go out from underneath him along the sideline. Pacheco scores that touchdown. He goes to do a touchdown dance and his leg slips out from under him. Um, we saw on one of the kickoffs, the Eagles kicker um, had his foot slip out from underneath him. Uh, you know, I, the only good thing I can say about the turf is it was the only thing that was injecting any drama into the game-winning field goal at the end because <laughs> I didn't know if Harrison Butker might slip and have his plant leg fall out from underneath him. That's an embarrassing thing for the league, John, for the players to be slipping around out there and for them to all have to change cleats just to try to keep their feet in the most important game of the season is a joke. The league should be embarrassed by that. And it's all on the NFL. It has nothing to do with the Chiefs, nothing to do with Arrowhead Stadium. The NFL is in charge of the Super Bowl field. They've had it for two weeks. I'm sure they changed it, but whatever they used or how it just it didn't work. Yeah. You're lucky you didn't see a bunch of hamstring growing injuries after that game, the way they were slipping. And uh uh it was it was atrocious. And it was, as you mentioned, a huge embarrassment for the NFL. All right, what's your other stock down, John? Eagles running backs. Those guys had had 268 yards, like 148 in the two playoff games. They didn't do squat. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts, who we should have had as a stock up. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts had to be the leading rusher. They averaged less than three yards a carry. Talk about an embarrassing with that great offensive line that they're supposed to have, that just was a terrible day for their running game other than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts was awesome in that game. You're right, we should have had him in stock up. So Jalen Hurts, bonus stock up to you. Last one on stock down, John, then we'll get to the Texans coaching staff. Um, Travis Kelsey, not because of his play, but because of his act in the post game, where multiple times he was wagging his finger at everybody saying, nobody picked us. What the hell are you talking about? The a game was, people picked them. Yeah, the game was literally a pick. What, you know who else uh, is going to get some, uh, some, some shrapnel from my stock down on Travis Kelsey? Aaron Andrews, who was interviewing Mahomes on the field after the game. Travis Kelsey standing there barking the whole time. He wouldn't shut up. I wanted to hear what Mahomes had to say. And Aaron Andrews actually says, you know, and some people said you were rebuilding this year. It's going to be a rebuilding year for you. Who the hell was saying it's going to be a – because you treat Tyreek Hill, it's a rebuilding year. These narratives that get created, and Travis Kelsey's whole nobody believed in us thing, that's one of the most tired things I've ever seen is these guys. Nobody believed in us. What are you talking about? You're the number one seed, and you have the best player on the planet. And he was the best player on the planet before this season. Like, no team, nobody in their right mind is saying the Chiefs don't have a chance either going into this season or certainly going into this game. You and I both picked the Eagles, but it didn't shock me that the Chiefs won the football game. And they were only on an underdog by point and a half. I hate right. that, too. That's tired. Yeah. Teams saying nobody picked us, us against the world, which is BS. Yeah, you know if you go from from worst to first or something like that in your division, yeah, you're right. The Jaguars could have said that nobody believed in us, but man, when it comes to the Chiefs, a lot of people pick them to win the Super Bowl every year because you can't go wrong because of Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. Yep. Um, so John, uh, so that's our stock up, stock down for the Super Bowl. I think we hit all the major storylines there. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So um, D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario had a busy weekend this weekend. They found an offensive coordinator. Uh, well, since you and I have done this last on this podcast, they found a defensive coordinator too, and they retained Frank Ross, uh, special teams coordinator. The new OC is Bobby Slowick, the former passing game coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers, and part of his staff will include Gerard Johnson, who has been uh, with the Viking staff, the Colts staff for a couple of years. He had the the uh, was it the Bill Walsh Fellowship? What was the fellowship that uh, that uh, as for minority coaches? Yeah, he did it in 2017 with the Niners, which yep. was D'Amico's first year and Kyle Shanahan's first year as a head coach. So they spent some time together, D'Amico and Gerard, in the building in San Francisco. Um, John, I guess and what's Bobby your? Slowick. I mentioned Bobby Slowick. Yeah, no, I mentioned him. Um, so. Uh, what what is what excites you the most about this group that D'Amico has assembled and in the case of Frank Ross retained? I mean, Slowick was there his first year too. Oh, Slowick, got you. Got Slowick, Shanahan, uh, Gerard Johnson, and D'Amico Ryan's were all there together gotcha. in 2017. Then then Gerard left and went to the Colts and then Vikings, of course, assistant QB coach. And his I've been before all this, I was hearing about his stock was on the rise and he interviewed somewhere else. Can't remember who it was, but Slowick started his dad. Bob's been a defensive coordinator for four teams and Bob, I mean, uh, Bobby was with Kyle Shanahan on Mike Shanahan's staff in Washington for three years. And he was defensive quality control and a defensive assistant and then when Kyle hired him, he had him on defense. And between those jobs, he did pro football focus for three years, which meant he watched film till his eyes bugged out and then did grades. And um, so Kyle, I had interviewed Kyle Shanahan when I, uh, after D'Amico was hired. So I knew Bobby Slug was going to get the job. So I asked him, I said, can I get quotes for you from you for when he gets it? He said, sure. So I've got all that in a column on Gallery Sports today in which uh, Kyle talked about seeing Bobby, how smart he was, knowing he was smart with Washington. But then when he was on defense, he said he could learn anything. So I stole him from the defense <laughs> and put him on offense. And then each of the last three years, he moved up. And uh, when uh, Mike McDaniel left to go to the Jets, I mean, to the Dolphins and then Michael LaFleur left a year earlier to go to the Jets. Slow it kept moving up. So I'm writing a column for Monday for SportsRadio610.com about what the Texans offense is expected to look like with Bobby Slowick. And I'm guessing it's what the Texans look like with Gary Kubiak because mm -hmm. it all comes from Mike Shanahan's system, which came from Bill Walsh. And so Kyle Shanahan has been – tremendous offensively with that system. So I think we'll see changes uh, in what they do up front. They'll go to zone blocking for man blocking, and you'll see multiple running backs, not just one good one. 
And it'll get players that they want players that can get the yak, the yards after catch. So I'm fired up about it. You know, he has Kyle kept talking about how smart he was. Well, I guess he is if he can go from defense to offense offense and be as successful as Kyle Shanahan uh said he did he it could be. He said it's not a coincidence. He said we had the best year offensively I've had in my coaching career. And the fact that Bobby had moved up and played such a big part of it is not a coincidence. And I think that bodes very well for the Texans. What was the deal? What was going on with Cliff Kingsbury over the last few days when his name kind of bubbled to the surface for a little while there? He came to NRG Stadium and he interviewed. Yeah, he's got five years on his contract left for the Cardinals for, geez, I'm guessing he's making five million a year. And when you're in that situation, and you're being paid by another team, you're obligated to look for another job. You don't have to get one. So I'm guessing by coming in here and talking to him that he doesn't have to worry about anything like that till the next hiring cycle after next season. You know, he still could end up with somebody in a role. I don't think his ego is such that he's got to be assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, and play caller. And uh, so they knew they were going to hire Slowick, and they just made it official behind the scenes, they still haven't made it official publicly. And uh, so I was I was excited about getting Cliff Kingsbury and Bobby Slowick. And then uh, there's still a chance they're they're talking to Clint Kubiak. I heard and I and I tweeted they were hiring him and then I found out I was wrong and I tweeted I'm an idiot. And uh, because it's not done, they're trying to get him, but he has other options. And I'm sure Clint, who's an offensive coordinator at Minnesota, wants to be an offensive coordinator, and they don't have a coordinator's job here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, John, let's get to some for real or fugazis here. And then uh, and then I know you've got uh, you're you're getting ready in a couple days to go to spring training. So we got to talk about that on the way out as well. But um, on these Monday episodes or Tuesday episodes, whenever you're getting this podcast, I do a little thing with John called for real or fugazi. I read a sentence as if it is true. And John either validates that it is true by calling it for real or he fugazi. says that it's fugazi, which is Italian for counterfeit. And that is basically John disagreeing with me. So let's keep it. Uh, let's John let's start. Uh, basically, um, let's start off here since we just got done talking about the Texans and hiring the staff. Um, the fact that there is such a San Francisco Kubiak Shanahan flavor to the staff proves that. Nick Casario is not nearly the control freak that people made him out to be before hiring D'Amico Ryans. For real or Fugazi? That's for real. Now, he took a big role with David Culley because Culley had never been a head coach and because they thought he needed it. Now, he didn't do any of that with uh, Lovey Smith. Didn't even have headphones on in the press box. I would want Casario in the press box with headphones on to be available. If Bill Belichick wanted him to do that with Josh McDaniels, why wouldn't they want him to do that here since he's been doing that for a long time? A lot of people have a 
problem with that. But if Belichick didn't have a problem with it or Brady or Josh McDaniels, why should people here? But he has always worked well with his head coaches. He's tried to give them what they want, the style of players they want. And if they want to get rid of somebody, he'd get rid of them. And uh, so uh, I don't think Nick is the control freak. He's a personnel guy. That's what he is. In practice, he likes to go out and throw the ball around because he used to be a coach with the Patriots for two years and limber up his arm, which we saw at training camp and we'll see again. But uh, I have no problem at all about anything Casario does. All right, John, next one. Josh McCown was just hired for his first NFL coaching job. He's going to be the quarterback coach for the Carolina Panthers. Josh McCown is out to prove that in the next couple of years, the Texans should have hired him last year. It's for real. But you know what? He's doing exactly what he should be doing. He's a quarterback coach. He had no business being a head coach, but they they were going to name him, even though they denied he and his family were here ready to be announced, and then they pull the rug out from under him. And, you know, five years from now, Sean, he may be a great coach, and people may look back and go, oh, man, why didn't they hire that guy? They'll never say Jack Easterby was a genius, of course, but uh, everybody, everybody I've talked to, and I talked to a bunch who came from the teams where he played because I thought they are going to hire him. Every one of them thinks he has everything it takes to be a great head coach, but they couldn't believe he wasn't going to have to start at the bottom and work his way up, which is what he's doing for Frank Wright. Next one, John. Derek Carr is making a big mistake by not accepting a trade to the New Orleans Saints. For real or Fugazi? I think that's for real. He's going to get a lot more money with a new contract. He's going to sign as a free agent, plus he can go where he wants. No, 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 no. He's making a big mistake by not accepting a trade to the Saints. He's making a big, but, oh, Fugazi. Thank you, yeah. No, he wants to be a free agent. He can pick his team, and he can sign a multi-year deal and make more money. He'll get a signing bonus this year that'll be more than he would have made as a base salary this year. I think it's a very smart move. And two years ago, in 2021, he threw for almost – 5,000 yards, and they gave him that monster contract, and everything was hunky-dory till Josh McDaniels came in with his system, and it didn't fit. And it's an example of a coach not being flexible and trying to force a quarterback into playing something that maybe he doesn't fit, and that's one of the keys to great coaching. But I wouldn't surprise me if Carr didn't end up with the Jets or making a lot more money with the Saints. You just answered my question. That's I was going to ask you where you thought he might end up. So there you go. All right, John, next one for real or Fugazi. The Super Bowl proves beyond a shadow of a doubt the Texans dodged a huge bullet with Jonathan Gannon. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. Jonathan Gannon uh, is a terrific defensive coordinator who did a great job during regular season. Texans interviewed him twice last year before they hired. Uh, two, two years ago before they are, uh, uh, gosh, I forgot. Seems like forever that David Cully was the coach here. It was only <laughs> two years ago. And then they interviewed him once this year, and I'm glad he's finally getting a head coaching job. But overall, he did a great job. But in the Super Bowl, he and his players did a terrible job. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so, I mean, I know I asked you this before. You're, are you treating this Arizona thing like he's for sure getting the Arizona job? Is that you think they've been waiting for Gannon to become available? That's the only thing. It can't be anybody else. They've interviewed a bunch of people, and uh, 
All the national guys are saying it looks like it's going to be Gannon. Okay. While it is Steichen, but I can't figure why would they be waiting? Because I don't think it's Eric Bieniemy. I think that's ship is sailed. It's not Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah. He failed as a head coach. So I'm guessing that Gannon makes a lot of sense. Uh, John, I liked him a lot. Yeah, no, John, I just like, I'll be honest. I just like that it looks like the Texans for the five openings that existed for this go round, that the Texans interviewed four of the five guys that look like they're going to get jobs this time around. Like the Texans doing things that are normal and lauded around the league, that they interviewed (laughs) these guys and wound up with the best one out of all of them, in my opinion. It has me very optimistic about how things are going. If they're hiring staff that seem like, Normal hires, desired hires, you know, like Bobby Slowick. If he didn't get the Texans OC job, he was probably going to get an OC job eventually pretty soon. If not this year, then certainly the next go around somewhere else. Like they're getting guys that are highly sought after. They're getting, we're going to watch an offense, John, that doesn't look like the last decade because it's not just this Pep Hamilton thing and Tim Kelly the year before that. That O'Brien offense was never great. It was okay at times with Deshaun Watson, but that was because. Deshaun Watson was singularly a spectacular football player. It had nothing to do with it being a watchable version of football or something where the Texans were out scheming their opponents. They had Deshaun Watson. End of story. Last time that happens when Gary Kubiak was here and he had Andre Johnson and Arian Foster and Owen Daniels at tight end, a terrific offensive line. And you hope they get their quarterback and then they can fill in those other pieces and happy days will be here again. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, last one, John. The Michael Jordan Nike movie starring Matt Damon and Ben Affleck looks like it's definitely two thumbs up. For real or Fugazi? For real, I liked it. I liked it. Ben Affleck, if you go back to all the movies, he has directed this, the first one. It's not a mystery or an action movie or Mm -hmm. drama. And I kind of liked it. I looked on IMDb. There's nobody playing Michael Jordan. Hmm. They've got his mom, they've got his dad, they they show him, they showed in the trailer him like a, a guy walking and somebody talking to him. But uh, I'm surprised, considering Ben Affleck plays Phil Knight, that's, that Knight is not a producer. There's 21 producers and his name was nowhere. Hmm. Interesting. And, uh, I think it's going to be very interesting if those two took it on. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, it it looks like it's going to be good, and I look forward to it when it comes out. Are you getting back out to the movies, John? Uh, I truthfully, I've been too busy. Like when I want to go, uh, so on a Sunday, a guy from CBS will call me and want me to do a national show. So uh, <laughs> I love right in the middle things. of movie time. <laughs> I do those. I do those. I have walked out couple of times I've left a movie to do those with you. Oh, John, uh, don't tell me that. I feel guilty I do, now. But I was movies I didn't really care about. I went with Carol. Okay. And uh, yeah, I love doing the 220, 220 p.m. Central Time hit with you on CBS. 
and I'd do it as often as you want. But I, one I was really looking forward to seeing was Avatar. And then I started reading the reviews. And while they were good, everything in the trailers looked exactly the same it did before. And in the first one, all that was new. I yeah. wanted James, James Cameron to blow me away. And they had the same kind of ships and people and dressing and all that. Other than everybody was underwater. So I still haven't seen it. I haven't either. Um I'm looking forward to the Ben at the Nike movie and uh, Creed three is coming out as well. I'm a big Rocky, but this one doesn't have Sylvester Stallone in it. This Creed. Yeah. I'm disappointed because I like the first two. I thought the first one was great. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know. Sylvester, I guess has got too many things going on now and uh, including Tulsa King on uh, Paramount plus, but uh, I'll watch it too because I like, I like Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I do too. He's excellent in those movies. Um, so, John, you're off to spring training, eh? Sean, I've been to spring training many times, Astro spring training. Love going as a fan, sitting in the stands, drinking beer, soaking up the sun. Now I'm going to work for gallerysports.com, and I'll be doing my reports from 610 for there, and I'm going to be writing every day. And I feel like I told people, I feel like a 71-year-old rookie. I'll be doing videos writing columns every day, be there 10 days. And I like going when they're not playing. I've never been because there's no reason to go. But now all you got is the players working out. You got minor leaguers there. And I'm really looking forward to it. And Thursday will be when I do my first column. That'll be fun. John, You as a career football writer, I know you've from time to time dipped your toe in the water with other sports when when necessary. But this has got to be uh... – a whole lot of fun for you to get to go hardcore cover baseball for a little while. And during the playoffs, the world series, I wrote eight consecutive columns on the Astros. And it was first time I've ever covered a winner here. I thought those days were going to be over because I never covered the Rockets and I'd covered teams that Oilers got the championship game and divisional round Texans never been beyond the divisional round. So uh, writing about the Astros winning a world series, and especially being such an Astros fan since 62, uh, it was it was one of the best times I've ever had in this business. That's fun. Oh, good deal. Well, we're looking forward to that, John, bringing some of that to the podcast as well. That'll be uh, that'll be great checking in with you down there. What do you got going on on your uh, various platforms? I'm, I've got a column on SportsRadio610.com about what D'Amico Ryans and Nick Osario need to do on both sides of the ball. I've got one that'll be up on Monday about um, what the offense could look like with Bobby Slowick running Kyle Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, Mike Shanahan's system and what it could mean to certain players. And then I have one with uh, Dana Brown that's going to be on Gallery Sports on Wednesday. And what a great talker he was at the Astros luncheon last week and some of the things he wants to do to kind of kick off the Astros coverage. And then I got a Super Bowl follow looking ahead to Mahomes and the Chiefs and where do they go from here? And the Eagles that'll also be on Gallery Sports. Thank you. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff from the great John McClain. It is various outlets. And uh big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting this podcast to all of you. We appreciate it. We appreciate you downloading, subscribing. If you don't subscribe, hit the subscribe button so you get this podcast automatically. And uh, we always appreciate that. Um, we'll be dropping another episode this week with a mailbag, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. If you want to send us a question 
of anything Texans, NFL-related, Astros-related with John headed to spring training, H-O-U-Mailbag at gmail.com is how you get us the uh, the questions that you have for our mailbag issue. So for John McClain, I am Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you a little later on this week with the mailbag episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.